Hi, this is Very Bad Words, and I'm Matt Fiddler, and this is Anton Bonici. I've been teaching English to foreigners since I was 20 years old. I have a degree in English literature, um, but of course we have our own language, Maltese. Anton is from Malta and also speaks French and Italian. I called him up because he speaks all these different languages and can give me some insights about how these Mediterranean cultures swear. And he did, but those insights ended up hitting on some concepts around swearing that felt almost universal to any language or culture. And it all started when Anton was comparing swearing in Maltese to how we use the word shit in American English. Hara in Maltese means shit, but we do not use it as an exclamation of, uh, of something went wrong. Oh. You see, we don't use it like that. Whereas all the other three, English, French, Italian, it's used as an exclamation of something went wrong. Something went wrong, oh shit, merda, merda, right? In Maltese, we don't say hara when something goes wrong. When something goes wrong, we either blame the penis, just zop, or we blame a religious figure. And this is what caught me off guard. Blaming a religious figure? Is that what I've been doing when I blurt out God damn it or Jesus Christ? I mean, when I do that, I feel like I'm calling out to the religious figure to help me out, not blaming my troubles on God or Jesus Christ. But in Maltese, according to Anton, they aren't calling for God's help. They are blaming God. And we do this a lot in Maltese. And it's also done a lot in Southern Italy. So we would blame God, we would blame Christ, we would blame blame uh, uh, Virgin Mary or a specific saint. And it is very different from the English, damn it, God damn, right? Because when in English or an American, you tell someone, you know, God damn you, right? You are not, you are not insulting God. You are insulting the person. You are telling the person, may God do this to you. May God damn you. Like this is such an obvious, horrible thing that the Lord above is going to damn you. Exactly, that the Lord above should damn this, right? We do the reverse. We actually damn God. We have the Maltese equivalent of damn God for this. It's his fucking fault, right? I'm sorry to interrupt, but are you, is this risking their salvation? Of course, exactly. This is completely risking your salvation, right? Now, of course, if, if you go to a, a, a Maltese uh, drinking pub, all the older guys, that's the only thing they're going to be saying from kind of morning to evening, right? Damn God for doing this, damn Christ for doing that, and damn the Holy Magic for that other fucking thing, right? So that's, it's actually much more regular than you would imagine, right? Now, in, in, there's something very similar to this. We use damn, we use the word ha. So when, when, when we say it, in Maltese, it would sound Ha'Allah, and Ha'Allah would mean damn God. Now, in certain Italian, uh, especially Southern Italy and uh, Sicily, but even places around Naples, they would say something similar, which where they would call God a pig. Now, we do not do this in Malta. We do not call God a pig, but they would say Porco Dio, which is God the pig. But it's it is their own version of our ha'ala. It is their own version of kind of blaming God for something, rather than asking God to damn something. On this episode of Very Bad Words, we look at how swearing is directly related to the sacred and the profane. 
This is Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. On this episode of Very Bad Words, we're exploring how swearing relates to the most sacred ideals of human culture. For example, before the break, Anton Bonici, he told us that when Italians get frustrated, they sometimes say, Porque Dio, which is like calling God a pig. Or how in Malta, where he's from, they actually curse at God, basically saying, damn God, when something goes wrong. And this, of course, takes us to our religious background. We, we have such an intrinsic cultural religious background that for us, everything comes from God, right? Everything has to come from, you know, we, uh, Malta is a very Catholic, Roman Catholic island. So there are churches everywhere, everywhere. It's, uh, you know, in Malta, you know, church at every corner, you know, churches and hotels. So, <laughs> so basically, if something goes wrong, it must be God's fault. So that's pretty blatant. Something went wrong. And since God is all-powerful, when something goes wrong, it must be God's fault. And this is in Malta, a small island country relatively close to Rome and the Vatican, so they're pretty close to Catholicism. Now, if we travel a few thousand miles away over the Atlantic Ocean to Quebec, Canada, they have an entirely different way of using religion to swear. I learned this from a family friend, Francois Graton, who said they swear in French very different from how they swear in the country of France. Oh, it's totally different than, than French from France. It's totally different. And my brother came and visited me at Christmas, and he brought a T-shirt, and he says, Mon tabarnak, which means, you tabernacle, which means, you son of a bitch. Tabernacle somehow means son of a bitch in Canadian French? Are these really the worst swear words you can say in Quebec? The worst ones are like the tabernacle that you would say tabarnak. You have sacrament, which is the sacrament. You have kalis, which is the chalice. You have esti. Esti is that little white piece of bread, the wafer that you eat at communion. The host. The host. Okay. So esti. Uh, so, so those are the four worst of the worst words that you can use. Um, if I talk, if I use those words in front of anybody of my parents' generation, which is the World War II generation, um, they would be very offended. My generation, baby booners and beyond, it's accepted that those are the swear. You're using those words. You're 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 upset. You're mad. You're trying to offend somebody. You're trying to uh, sling insults. Those are the worst of the worst. So two different Catholic countries, but two totally different ways to use the religion to make a bad word. So I asked friend of the show Evelyn Dean Olmsted, who is a linguistic anthropologist at the University of Puerto Rico, to help me understand this better. Right. They're probably kind of two sides of the same coin. You know what I mean? Like the more religious you are and the more that those concepts have meaning and have weight and have influence in your real life, then the better fodder they are for curse words also and for transgression. That's true, That's, right? Like if, yeah. Um, yeah, the more serious you are about the religion, then the more impact that swearing around yeah, these religions. Yeah, exactly. And the bigger, the bigger that the church's role in your life and your society, too, kind of the, the larger they loom. And this does seem to be the case in Quebec. Francois explains it this way. It comes down to this, basically. In Quebec, in the, you know, the pre-war years and post-war years, Quebec was very rural. So that means that uh, a lot of people didn't have the higher education. And the priests, the Catholic Church, uh, were very educated, and they pretty much had the thumb on the populace in Quebec. So uh, they controlled a lot, 
And they're pretty much trying to keep all the rural people and all the farmers and everybody ignorant so that they, the, the priesthood and the Catholic Church uh, was able to uh, manipulate and, and, and work and, and have uh, the final say on a lot of things that went on in Quebec. If I would ever say that in my house in front of my mom to this day today, she would cross herself and says, you're going to go to hell. You can't say those church words. And the more that my, my parents' generation would say that, the more that my generation would use those words so that now it's common practice in Quebec that those are the dirtiest, worst words that you can use that are the church words because it's a revolt against the oppression that the Catholic Church had in rural Quebec in the, in the 30s and 40s. So this makes some sense to me. The baby boomer generation wasn't as religious as their parents' generation, so they aren't afraid to use these taboo words. In fact, they rather enjoy them because it's kind of a screw you to the Catholic Church that they see as an oppressive force in Quebec culture. But why are these church words without context taboo in the first place? Just yelling out chalice or tabernacle doesn't seem so bad to me. And they aren't damning God like they do in Malta, or even requesting God to damn something like we do in English. The concepts of sacred and profane is an area that a lot of anthropologists have studied. And there's one very famous anthropologist, her name was Mary Douglas, she was British, and she wrote about, um, what, well, the sacred and the profane for one thing, but, but beyond that is um, kind of organization and that everything is kind of in its place and everything has a category and there's a place for this and this kind of people and this kind of animal and this kind of material. And so she says that um, that danger or that dirt rather is, well, dirt is just matter out of place. So it's not dirt, it's not dangerous, it's not gross if it's in a forest, right? But if it's in on your floor, as it is on my floor all the time, then it's something that threatens, you know, um, our, our health or in our morality. So I've talked to several people about this now, including Evelyn, and here's what I got out of it. Religion was one of the first organizers of human society, and throughout most of human history, humans were illiterate. And even after the invention of written language, still most people were illiterate. So a person couldn't just read religious texts to know the rules. They had to follow strict rituals, which were memorized and passed around from person to person, generation to generation, tribe to tribe, as the religion and the culture that goes with it spread. These rituals were very important and needed to be exact, hence the memorization. If they weren't exact, they would spread around like that game of telephone that you played as a kid where you'd whisper something into someone's ear and they have to whisper it into their friend's ear. And by the time it goes, I don't know, five or ten generations down, the message is completely distorted. And so that's one reason why they had these rituals. So your message spread accurately. And so if getting this ritual correct was so important, so sacred, then getting it wrong or using it out of context was the opposite of sacred. It's profane. Profane, the word profane, the etymology of it means literally like before the temple or outside of the temple. So it's using the words in a place and in a time in a way that you're not supposed to. So if you use these words outside of the temple, then that's um, matter out of place in Mary Douglas's words. You're not keeping the, the sacred where it's supposed to be. You're taking it outside of the temple, outside of the, the holy um, space and time. Yeah, and then it becomes profane. Unless, of course, you don't respect the rules of the church in the first place. 
my parents' generation, the church saved them. And my generation, the church depressed us. Uh, so that's the big difference, I guess. Francois's generation generally doesn't care if they're being profane by taking the church words out of context. But they are aware of these norms. And this is why they're still the most taboo words, more so than the English word fuck, which is actually a common expletive in French-speaking Canada. Like right now, even in, I listen to um, CQA, which is a Montreal station, because I'm in California now, and I listen to them all the time. They use the word fuck on the radio, which is public radio, because in French, fuck is, fuck is the animal, right? Is a seal, right? But they don't use it that way. They use it as it's intended in English, but it's not censored in French because it's not as bad as those French words. And while we don't have these exact swear words in English, we do use religious words to swear. I mean, I've personally used the words Jesus, God, hell, and damn to express frustration or to curse someone out. But I never think of them as religious words. I mean, I know they are, and we are a society that knows this too. And that's why we have censored versions of these curse or profane words. So people who are just being polite or people who don't want to risk their salvation might instead say, geez, gosh, heck, and darn. And even though these aren't the worst words that we use in American English anymore, they used to be. I mean, I dare you to go back in time to puritanical Massachusetts and utter Jesus Christ as just kind of a quick slur. Yeah, you might be accused of witchcraft. But today, those religious words in English just don't have the same impact as swearing and insults surrounding sex. And your mother. He's talking about your mama. You talking about my mother? No, no, no. See, nobody talks about my mother. You don't ever talk about my motherfucking mother. Your mother's so fat. After sex, I roll over twice, and I'm still on the bed. Your mother was a hamster. Your mother cheated. That's why you look like a plumber. The one that said bad motherfucker. Mom's chest hair. Your mom goes to college. Your mom is so fat. She heard it was chilly out. She ran inside and got a bowl. And it doesn't get much more sacred than your mom, does it? We'll explore just why that is when we return from this short break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. Today we're talking about how the sacred and the profane contribute to how we swear. Now, of course, it's obvious how religion is sacred, and going against religious norms is considered a curse. And using religious terms out of their context is profanity. But this kind of swearing just isn't used that much today in American English. We're more likely to use swear words and insults around your mom. Because mothers are sacred, right? If you wanted to get into a fight when you were in middle school, you would insult someone's mom. Or just say your mother as a response to something. Or what about your mama so fat jokes? Remember those? Or what about the fact that one of George Carlin's famous seven words you can never say on television is motherfucker? Why not fatherfucker? Or South Park's unclefucker? I mean, we do use male anatomy to curse sometimes. The Brits love to use the word bollocks, for example, which just means balls. And I love to call people dicks. But it just doesn't have the same impact as using mother. Now, Anton has thought about this and thinks it's because there's this division between the sexes when it comes to swearing. It's as if that the male is the thing that breaks things and the female is the thing that, you know, originates things from. For example, you, uh, you know, you would insult somebody 
by telling him murkhudu fosh kamandek yo murkhudu fosh familtek which in both cases we have go fuck either your vagina or go fuck your family's vagina so basically go fuck your origins <laughs> and so that's okay? like it's such a deep insult because it's not like it's not like you're being a dick um but it's just like your very history implies that there is no other possible way of you being anything else but a dick. But a dick, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, go fuck the very moment you've been conceived. <laughs> right? Or that your ancestors were even <laughs> conceived. And, and so it's and, like it's like and, your whole history. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's an actual swear word when we tell someone, um, uh, which means go fuck the vagina of your dead, of your ancestors. And there are common phrases like this in a bunch of other languages. So to have fun with this, I got a couple of friends together to read these out loud from a list I compiled from an article I read by Rebecca Roach, a lecturer in philosophy at the University of London, who is also writing a book about swearing. Fuck your mother's gods and fuck your mother's dead relatives. Romanian. Yeah, that's a good one. Your mother's cut. <laughs> Croatian. I shit in your mother's milk. Spanish. Whore mother. Filipino. A dog fucked your mother. Croatian. I fuck your mother. Turkish. Your mom's vagina. Arabic. Fuck your ancestors to the 18th generation. Mandarin. And I think all of these relate directly to the English motherfucker. Yes, motherfucker implies incest. But... Doesn't fucking the vagina of your dead ancestors do the same? Evelyn says this is because we're a patrilineal society, which means our identity is passed down from our fathers. So why isn't fatherfucker a thing? Well, swearing around mothers and sex suggests that the mother we're speaking of isn't faithful to her husband, presumably your father. Or perhaps the mother in question is your wife, your children's mother. Either way, it's a knock on the patrilineal system that we all operate within. So in patrilineal societies, marriage is very important because the man needs some kind of public legal way of recognizing that this woman's kids belong to his lineage, right? Because that's how the family lineage grows is through, is through him, not through her. So that's why female sexuality is so guarded and seen as such a dangerous thing in patrilineal societies. And so that also makes sense that um, a lot of the insults are about um, the, the dishonor or the unworthiness or the promiscuity of your women, and especially your mother, because then that says that you are not legitimate, you are not a legitimate member of the society. And so that's very powerful because especially where your name, just to use a way of phrasing it that we're used to, determines your membership and your lineage and your clan, and that's your survival. Like, that's your people. And if you don't have a lineage or a clan, then you don't have a community at all. Like, you're an outcast, right? So by implying that somebody is not really um, their father's kid, that's pretty egregious. And all of this, of course, all of this responsibility falls on the mother. <laughs> it falls on the on the women and their sexuality, so that is also not at all surprising that there's all these insults about relating to women's sexuality and related to um, mothers. Because mothers are sacred in our society. Not because our society respects women, but because of the strict set of societal norms that mothers are supposed to adhere to that help define who we are as individuals. 
just like the rest of us are supposed to adhere to religious rules given to us by God, defining us as a member of a certain religion or church. So what if you combine these two things? It would be extra powerful, right? Well, this is where the Virgin Mary comes into play, the mother of the Christian faith, who is an especially important figure in Catholicism. If we're going to go into high-level swearing, it would sound something like, you know, when, when someone says, now this is extremely, I, I'm blaspheming here, okay? Fosh il Madonna, right? Now, that is a very, like, that's one of the harshest, worst things that you could say. Fosh il Madonna would be saying, fuck Mother Mary's pussy, basically. Right. You know, that's basically what you're saying. Um, but at the same time, it does leak out of the language, you know, like people know of this. So you'd think that for a religious country, no one would say this kind of thing ever. If you're a Christian, I mean, how could you say something like this? Exactly, right? It's like, whoa, you know. But for Malta, that won't be something so kind of, it's shocking, but it's a regular shock. It's because it's so, it's been normalized. It's been normalized, you know, it's been normalized. But at the same time, you know, people do know that it's bad. You know, people do know that it's bad. If, for example, a student, you know, had to say something like this at school, parents would be called in, right? But it does happen, right? And, and people know that it's there in the vocabulary. It is an actual possibility. It is an actual combination of words that actually happens on the, on the island. And that's the point of these words and phrases. They are bad and therefore very effective. To emphasize this, Evelyn pointed me to an article written in the magazine Anthropological Quarterly, written by Luke Fleming and Michael Lampert, which stated that prescription heightens performativity, which means... If it's prohibited, then it's going to be more sexy and it's going to be more powerful and more effective. So the stronger the prohibition the better it's going to be as, as an effective insult or curse word or expletive or, or whatever you want. So, of course, these words around religion and mothers are going to be powerful. These are major aspects of our social identity. And what's more sacred than that? And what's more profane than suggesting that your mother is anything but the perfect symbolism of purity? Anyway, thanks for listening to another episode of Very Bad Words. I want to thank our guests Anton Bonici, Francois Graton, and Evelyn Dean Olmsted. The executive producer is Jill Fincher, and I'm Matt Fidler. I'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode, and a great way to do this is by following us on Twitter. Our handle is at DirtyWordsCast. Yes, that's at DirtyWordsCast. And please subscribe to us in iTunes so you never miss the show. We'll be back next week for another episode of Very Bad Words. Thanks for listening. Now, listen to how, how I said it. I said, like, is zop and osh. So I replaced fucking with zop. I replaced fucking with penis. So if I had to translate that, can zop and osh? It, it would translate into you're a fucking